Welcome to Our Tribe, the podcast that sits down with Jewish professionals and entrepreneurs to hear their stories, share their advice, and bear their Jewish souls. Now here's your host, Rabbi Tovia Kopsty. Welcome back to Our Tribe, the podcast. This is Tuvia Kopstein. I'm your host. And this episode, we sit down with the radiant, shining personality of Chaim Berkovic. Chaim Berkovic is the founder and president of Skyscraper Insurance. He is an amazing salesman. He is such a warm personality. He's done great things in building up a company that's really, really quite impressive in, the few, in just a few years. He's a Hasidic Jew from Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And he's got a lot to say about his values and being who he is proudly in the business world. We're sure you're going to love this episode with Chaim. But first, I always have to say that it's the podcast fellowship that powers our tribe, the podcast, the podcast fellowship at www.podcastfellowship.org is an international Jewish outreach nonprofit that's helping Jewish young adults all over the world access their own heritage, the beauty of their own heritage by listening to podcasts that explore Judaism in a mature way that they discuss with local mentors, no matter where they are in the world and earn a stipend by doing so. Check it out, podcastfellowship.org. Without further ado, Our Tribe, the podcast with Chaim Berkovic. Okay, we are thrilled to be here with Chaim Berkovic. How are you, Chaim? Baruch Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. I'm thrilled as well. I'm honored. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Baruch Hashem. Okay. So Chaim, tell us, first of all, what do you do? I try every day to do a little better than yesterday. <laughs> okay. In what? In what field? What What are you working in? <laughs> We're known very um, popular in skyscraper insurance. That's my main uh, focus of the day when it comes to the, the world of business, corporate world. Um, skyscraper insurance in a nutshell is uh, an insurance agency, brokerage, advisory firm. We do full risk management service. We're licensed to compliant all across the United States, servicing all different types of ethnicities, cultures, and communities. Very popular in the real estate community. We do a lot of um, real estate developers, um, syndicators, property management companies, hedge funds. In the property section, we do very, very well in terms of structuring all their insurances and risk management needs. And also... Very big in business. We do a lot of corporate businesses and setting up all their insurance needs. And we start doing a lot of work now in healthcare and uh, nonprofit, social service, public entities, some government bids as well. And uh, we try to deliver and being beneficial for your bottom line and uh, being the outstanding that makes us better than the rest of the pack. And it's also, I'll be honest with you. We hire the right, I hire the right people and get out of their way. You got to know how to delegate. So I have this vision, but the execution and integration needs to be done by people with real talent. And thank God we are a dream team to deliver the best for you. Okay. I like, I like the pitch very much. I want to buy. Now, that's, I, that's good. I sold you, huh? <laughs> You're a great salesman. Okay. Now let's, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about thank your you. beginnings. Like where, where, where did you grow up? What was your what was your what were your early days like, and how did you eventually take it? Let's take it slow. But how did you get to being what you are at Skyscraper? By the way, are you the you're the CEO of Skyscraper? I'm the I'm the president the president of, of of the company. I'm more involved in the sales, marketing, the vision. 
okay. CEO is the my partner Joseph. He's from the uh, integration operation team that does the underwriting. And there's a it's a, it's a group it's a whole great group of people that I encourage everyone to get to know and uh, get involved with because we try to do excellent work. I'm sure. I'm sure you do. Okay, so let's let's go back to that that beginning. Let's talk, where where are you from originally? Where, where were you? it all began. Yeah. So I grew up in Brooklyn, Williamsburg, Brooklyn. That's mm-hmm. where I grew up, and um, spent my entire childhood, and uh, that's the where I was literally from when I was zero. I was in couple hospitals, and uh, till my age of twenty, <laughs> I was spending my days. And growing up in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and part of particularly the, in the uh, part of the Williamsburg Hasidic community, which oh, is okay. a beautiful place. Very good. Okay, now what was and your education was through the the standard yeshiva system of of the Hasidic community. Yes, there? Okay. yes, yes. Okay. I actually went to a very expensive school. Like it's a very, um, I would say the top, top school in the United States. It's called trial and error. Ah. <laughs> like when it comes to business, people say, oh, what school? I really believe, and that's what I was taught as a young kid, and that's what we see also you see in, in, in our religion. If there's a will, there's a way. There's a saying in that there's a willpower. If you really, really want something, you, your desire is really there, you're consistent about it, you will get there. So nothing can stand between you and your goals. The eyes got to be on the prize. So what was your goal? When did you formulate a goal? What was that goal and how did you get there? So first, uh, talking when I was a little child, when I was a kid, on my Gamura, when I was studying all the times when I was learning, I always used to draw pictures of big buildings, big stuff. I was always like, fascinated about seeing the New York City skyline, the landscape, how it got developed. I was living literally um, around it. That was my uh, surroundings. And you, should I was, speak to my, you should speak to my son. He loves, he loves nothing more than drawing the New York skyline. And that's, it is a fascinating to. skyline. <laughs> Passing that city, even now when I come into the city for meetings, it's like, it motivates me. Like how little people like us can build such powerful things, biggest stuff that are bigger than us. And that was inspiring to me all the time. I wanted to do something big. I wanted to inspire. I wanted to have an influence, how people, um, uh, how people uh, being the infrastructure part of, of a business, like not just helping one person, being able to provide a service where it will help everyone uh, being able to provide not just for, for one person in the town, just for the entire village, have a broader spectrum, have the resources and the capability to build something much bigger than myself and something that can really benefit every size of business and property owner, for example, no matter if it's small, medium or large, because my mother taught me you got you to gotta treat the janitor and the CEO with the same respect. So for me, Dealing with people, interacting with people is a blessing. Like, I really still do believe in people. I didn't give up on people. People wake up in the morning, everybody wants to be good. Nobody stands up with evil plans. It's just the methodology of IDS, of the EOS, like identify, like issue, issue. Um, IDS stands for issue, discussion, and solve. If somebody is evil or something mean or has hate in themselves, it's an issue behind it. 
some some of them misguided. It's a lack of communication. It's a lack of knowledge. But people are great. So let, let's just talk about you for a minute. I know uh, people are great for sure. Of course, <laughs> back to me, back you, to me. Yeah, to, it's all about you. me, I guess. <laughs> Gr- growing, gr- growing up, you wanted to do something that would benefit everybody. Did you know what that was? Did you have an idea? Do you have some some ideas you tried and decided that this is not for me? I was ambitious towards towards. I, I was always uh, very attracted to real estate, um, to properties and. I myself own a good couple of properties, triple net, certain types of properties. And I'm like, I wanted to be around the property uh, real estate community where I can provide a service and eliminate pain and work on certain results-driven solutions that can help the day-to-day process of a real estate operator, mm-hmm. a property owner. And um in the beginning, when I started off, after I got married, I started off in sales in a particular different line, and uh, I just was looking for a job. I wanted first to do property management. Nobody wanted to hire me. I wasn't good experience. mechanically. I wasn't oh, okay. experienced. I wasn't experienced. I told them, just give me a, a job. Give me an opportunity to learn. Don't pay me much. Pay me whatever you, you feel like while training. I'm not here yet for the money. I'm first going to train and be good. And when I bring value to you, we'll reevaluate. But they were looking for experience right away. And um, at the time, I was, I was uh, I'm living in Rockland County, that area. The time the economics was then, it was hard to find good jobs. I was ready to travel to Jersey, other places. Ended up landing in sales, and I was doing sales for a payroll commission-based. I was signing up a lot of clients and thank God, and it's a penny-based business. So you got to move fast, make people make good decisions, sell, 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 connect with people, which thank God I'm able to socialize. Go ahead. So you're selling there, you're selling them your payroll services. Like we'll take care of all of you. You'll tell us yes. the employees how much each one's getting. You'll, yes. You'll yes. Payroll this. services. Okay. There's ADP yeah. out there. There's a lot of big corporate companies. I was figuring out quickly what, what, what the pain points are. And one of the things that you're required by law is to have workers' compensation insurance for every employee before you run a W-2. And just for me to complete the sale, I was checking over and seeing if you have that insurances in place. And I've realized that there have been so much pain around the audits, the setup, the classifications, being able to be approved for that, different multi-states. And when there is pain and you can figure out a solution, you're a hero. You're an inventor. You're, you're the Thomas Edison of the of that spot. You know, they say Thomas Edison said, people said, how come you tried the light bulb for a thousand times? You didn't give up. He said, I never, you failed for a thousand times and didn't give up. He said, I never failed. I found 999 ways that doesn't work, but he didn't give up. He was consistent. He never failed. That's what he said. So mm-hmm. back to my point, that was like a light bulb moment for me where I figured out, I started first helping people a lot, getting the workers camp, calling around brokers, figuring out how we can maybe get this resolved because I wanted to make my sale done. And I, here I founded myself in this light bulb moment. I'm like, my job is to sell payroll and I'm busy solving problems, workers camp, dealing with so many other brokers, giving them ideas what to do. Why don't I do that? So much people are struggling with it. And I was starting 
to figure out then it was brand new that product where pay as you go workers comp algorithm with you can integrate with payroll companies that um per pay cycle just like FICA tax and everything goes down per employee um it goes down per employee per class called per pay cycle so automatically you eliminate the audits the back and forth you don't overpay beginning of the year you need to fight back for a discount the insurance company does pay you interest for keeping your money and it's like it was very very simple companies that are seasonal based they have a Breaking payroll, breaking workers' comp. I all the local big companies that have thousands of employees. I was introducing that to the marketplace. I think ADB, certain ones were already doing it at that time. I was bringing it in, bringing that algorithms, being involved with insurance carriers direct. We introduced and registered local payroll companies to that. I was like figuring this out, and everybody started doing it. And I switched over then doing workers' comp and doing business insurances and a lot of other things. And we still do a ton of that work. We do audit consultation. We help people and fighting back mud rates, setting up these type of stuff, doing a lot of advisory on that end. And from the business place where we're helping so much businesses, whether it's smaller to middle markets to very large corporate companies that have 15, 16 states with warehouses. So with every business, there's a property section, liability section, professional section. There's the cyber, there's the employee part, the legal, the HR, the EPLI, employment practice, liability insurance. From there, we went from business, we went to corporate corporate business, then to real estate, and we branched out certain divisions of advisory groups that we can do really well. And we are constantly keeping an expansion of adding value to people and bringing in talented advisors that can bring real value to people. Wow. Okay. So you said, you said a lot there and I don't understand it all because I'm not in industry, but uh, let, let's try to, let me try to understand at least one thing. When you notice the difficulty when selling payroll of also taking care of everything to be taken care of for workers comp unemployment insurance. So you said you discovered that there was a new sort of technology. There was a new strategy, which is called the pay as you go. That was something that you invented or that's something that, you, that was happening. It was, it was happening yeah. at that time, that time in, in, in the bigger, bigger companies like ADP, but these companies don't have a connection with most of their employees. They're not able to customize certain things mm-hmm. to you if you're a smaller business. And they're also very, very expensive. They, they charge a very big premium because they are, they are, they are. You can technically customize yourself uh, with so many local companies that can do so much more for you for the price that you're paying. And um, even they're not as expensive as ADP. And I was able to bring that method into the local companies and also carriers direct, like insurance companies direct. I made you create connections with the companies, not just the sales rep, the management team that makes the decisions on how to distribute the product and bring them in and register um, um, local companies to be on their platform, building the APIs, the algorithms with, with our teams. And now we do it with a lot of companies through our agency because we built a lot of technology for that. But that was just the beginning where we started off in the workers' camp um, of the of the space, of the PNC insurance space. Now we literally offer every PNC product. Okay. okay. So, so for, the starting, wait, let me, let's try to get to, just to get an understanding of the timeline the the skyscraper insurance started from that product and then and then you did you know at that time you wanted to start your own insurance business yes um okay. so i was like starting to get very um attached to the industry and starting to figure the, the more i was able to help and figure out and win another account and literally being accomplished being able to set someone up right 
and seeing the smile on their face and the value that we bring, I saw that there is a lot of solutions to be brought. So actually me and my partner, we went together in Yeshiva. We, we, we partnered up, then we worked together for other firms. So I went working for a few different PNC insurance shops first to bring that idea to the, to the, to their team, to their own, to the owners of that company and work for them. Like, why should I own my own, open my own right away or, or Bechlau? Like I was ready to work with people that are smarter than me. I was willing to list, but when I was coming with these ideas, a lot of people in life, they didn't I always say a lot of people didn't succeed in life, not because they set themselves too high goals and didn't reach them. It's because they set themselves low goals and reach them. They get comfortable. So people in that position, the companies that I work with were like in their comfort zone. Now I've been doing this for so many years. You're right. coming with these ideas. It's too much work. Like afraid of the challenge, afraid of the hard work. And that was like pissing me off. Like we can do so much. You see this vision, this opportunity, you know, and like you kid, you think also you invented something. So I told my partner back then we're working, let's open something on my own, on our own. Let's do what we want to do. He like he was explaining him and painting the picture and everything. And he said, sounds like a plan. Like it was over the weekend. We met at Monday morning in my kitchen. He drove out from Brooklyn to Brooklyn. We met my kitchen. We sat down there, opened up my wife's laptop that time, and we started uh, working literally in the underwriting section with the sales and marketing and setting up shop. And my wife threw me out of the kitchen, went to a, went to a basement, and went to a small office, went to a different place, founded employees there. Found Seven and a half years later, we're here in headquarters, licensed to compliant all across, and we do almost 8,500 corporate clients throughout the United States. And I feel that with our almost staff of 100 people of in the States over here, 60, that we have a great team and our resources and all the trial and errors we went through to build this vehicle. I think in the next couple of years, we should be much, much more, not just double, more than quadruple because we spread the, the positivity fast and the great work we do fast. And we always are, our core values is to li- really to deliver value. And um, that's a guarantee. You know what I'm saying? So cannot help. We, we don't sell. We only are here if we can deliver a solution. Okay. So t- let me tell, t- going back, I, I like to take things slow and understand them. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, no. So you're sitting at the kitchen table. You, I go to Florida I, for the weekends. I have a house in Florida for the weekends. But, okay. uh... <laughs> right, sure, sure. Like every good New Yorker, right? Um, <laughs> so you, just you're sitting. At, the idea of starting a business like fascinates me. Like, it just are you? Did you have enough understanding of how the industry works from your time as an employee with different insurance agencies to to work with your your partner? That was Joseph. At the beginning, yes, you guys yes, yes, yes. So to work with him at the very beginning and to and to figure out what needed to be done, or did you just kind of like wing it and figure, oh, that didn't work, and now we're gonna <laughs> try something else? So to be <laughs> honest, in the beginning, yes, we were two rookies, but such a strong mindset of seeing the future. So everything starts with a dream. You just gotta wake up and 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 stop dreaming at a certain. So like uh, Dr. King said, uh, so uh, all about a dream, but uh, you, you gotta, you gotta then start doing the, th- implement. doing the talk and, and walk, yeah. implement. So 
I, besides the dream, it's also a vision. And the vision was to get to the big picture. In between, we knew there were going to be challenges and a lot of uh, obstacles and, 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 and pushback. But that's something that, that you take upon yourself. And definitely we were not, um, looking back now, we were like so driven to, the, to succeed, but there was a lot of information that we didn't know. But we knew that we we're going to learn on the way and we'll be ready to listen and hire mentors or, or go down and go out of my way. I can share some stories that we have done to, to literally um, accomplish, to know better what to do. And um, some stuff we learned really the hard way of, of, of learning uh, from a real disappointment and, and knew to document how to improve. So everything has been a great journey till to the point where we have, we had the ability of hiring much smarter and educated people within the industry to deliver that knowledge. But um, the overall vision was to deliver a fine, solid product and um, shape it in a way where everybody can enjoy and be at their best. And that's what we're doing. Do you want to share with, is it, is it too sensitive to share with us? Sure, the, sure. The failures, so to speak, or the, try, the ways that you try so to do I'll share, I'll share something where um, just an idea which everybody can do. So if you are like have this something, everybody is like, there's so many art out there. There's so many creativity out there. There's so many visionaries out there, but they're not able to execute. Not just because not everyone is an executor, just because they're afraid of failure. Now, failure is a huge part of success. Nobody expects you to be a robot. Nobody expects you to be perfect. Just get out there and start doing you will become better. You will become perfect. Now, that part is like so important. Go out there, make some spelling mistakes, whatever your challenge is. <laughs> Everybody's like, people are not posting on LinkedIn because of this and that. Don't retake the video three times. Just post the first one. Deliver your message. Nobody's buying the product because your nose is this way or that way. You look reasonable. You deliver the message. The product is good. They'll come for that. So, People, I'm mean, real business people. They see the product, they see the results. I've been all over the states. I've been in different places where people look to me like a zombie. But the second I'm able to talk and speak what we have in mind, we're we're doing business. So the idea is being focused on what you bring to the table. And I will share a little detail. So this detail, I'm trying to anybody of your listeners that is, let's say, has this idea in their head they want to do. You can contact somebody big in that industry or go to certain conferences and you, let's say we were struggling. I went to a big conference in this, in the insurance space very early in the beginning. We were coming with two things of issues that we're going to accomplish with this. I needed access to this and this market. I needed help with a particular software program that I wanted to accomplish. I know which one would be the best for this setup. So industry leaders will get together, different exhibits, different booths, different everything. And, um, I'll be able to maybe have great communication with people that are doing this for much longer, much bigger, and being able to solve that 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 two problems. Traveled a long way, spent a lot of money, or at oh, least at that, that, point, that point, there was a lot of money. You're coming, nothing less but success. We're going to succeed on these two issues. We're going to come up with solutions, and we're going to be the best that we can do and continue with our plan. Coming in early, there was these huge conferences, there were speakers, and in one of these big, these, 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 let's say like these biggest hotels and stuff like that, they have like big lobbies and everything. I'm speaking with a gentleman, I didn't know at that point who that guy was, 
And I was telling him from my heart what I'm here for and what I want to do. And he's like, is it that this agency and whatever? And I'm checking out. Um, and he's telling me like, um, um, I'm going to be speaking at this conference. Come to my speech. You're going to enjoy it. And here's my cell phone and everything. Reach out to me. Uh, I, I have the answers for you. So I was like, okay, I already can go home. I have already, someone's going to help me. But I went to the speech. Yeah, I sat in the front, made sure he notices me. I think he like mentioned one little thing that I was about. Like we were met. I reached out. He told me to reach out. I reached out. Long story short, he scheduled with me a full day at his office with his team. I was able to tour his place to see and take notes how they operate, how they do things, and how, like, I was able to tour so-called competitor, but it's not a competitor. I mean, say, if you're in an industry where there's so much value in this room for everyone for growing and everybody can be expert in different things, I was able to, let's say, he technically, let's say, it's very large in particular industries like in transportation, trucking. But I was coming for a software issue. Every FedEx truck, let's say, in the United States is with him. He's like he's a leader of some inventions within product of policy. And as well as I wanted to help in software and everything, he was being so kind to me and showing me so much. And I learned a lot. I came back. We had a routine. We used to come back. I used to do his father. Like every holiday season, I sent him gifts. And um, um, we, we, we were still very close and helped me a lot. Once I was there, I used to annual visit, fly down, and, and and visit him in his headquarters. He has a lot of offices across the states. And I asked him once, he's an Italian, and I asked him, um, wow, you have been so kind to me, Chris. Why, why, like, why are you doing this? Like, it's like, we met, you didn't know me. I asked you a few questions. You have been super kind. And his answer was so inspiring and eye-opening, which I, I remember still to this day. And he said it from the bottom of his heart. And he said, listen, Chaim, I teach my kids about the Holocaust, about certain things. And I open up the TV, I look on the news, and every minority group that I see, uh, athletes or particularly different groups, they're always busy, even if they made it to the top, they make revenue of billions a year, always busy complaining about their upbringing and everything. You Jews, he points at me. You run the economy. Maybe maybe Kanye, Kanye is right in a positive way. I took it as a compliment, but we run the economy, he says, starting from the entertainment industry to the finance industry to the, the jewelry diamond district to banking Literally, choose a choose a, pick an art. Ninety nine percent of the economy is Jews behind it. And never ever ever I've seen a Jew complaining about his upbringing and everything. You just wipe yourself off the nose and you you move on, move along, you carry on. You looked at me with that ambition in your eyes when you messed with me the first time. And I never had that interaction, he said. A young kid comes over to me with that ambition. You're just for success with your suit and everything with that broken English and telling me exactly what he wants, why he's here and everything. And I said, I want to be part of his success because he, in my mind, he's going to make it. I have no question about it, whether I help him or not. I want to be part of this little, of this story. And that's the real truth to why I gave you my friendship. A lot of people ask for it every day. I don't have friends like that. 
Wow. I wanted to be involved in this. I want to see it firsthand. And you coming back and seeing your growth, seeing your social media, seeing what you guys are doing, it inspires me, my friend. That's what I told me. And Beautiful. I want to live to inspire. I want to be able to inspire more people. And I want to be a living inspiration and showing that the opportunity is out there. You just got to go, go out there and get it. Chaim, did you ever find a time where you're being uh, you know, openly and proud Hasidic Jew? Did you ever find a time where you, where you got flack for that or you got pushback for that or people looked down on you for that? I don't think so. Listen, I am uh, like so here in New York, everybody looks... <laughs> it's a, something that you see a lot and also giving if you ever ride a train or go somewhere in New York City there's so many styles out there that I think <laughs> can really blend in very well I remember once I, going... drive, wait, I remember once I have to share this driving through Manhattan it was pretty close to, to Shabbos it was, I was coming from New Jersey going to Brooklyn and there was a guy in like a Spider-Man suit and he was just walking as there, was, there were 30 people walking this way and one of them was a guy in a Spider-Man suit <laughs> No, nobody looked. Nobody said boo. So, so uh, you can walk with your stramel in Manhattan. Nobody says boo because it's something that you see every day, and there's so many different styles that I'm saying. But going in the Midwest, going certain southern states, it's a little bit different. Going different places in the world, it's a little different. But I'm not. I'm not here to sell just myself. I'm here to sell something bigger than myself. So, anybody that is an intelligent business owner doesn't care who you are, what you are. Intelligent people focus on the value you bring to them and on the product. Everything around you, of course, you need to stand and you have a reputation. But it's very important to be honest with who you are and wear your true identity and wear it proudly, very, very proudly, because people respect that. And it's not easy being a Jewish, not easy to be a Hasidic Jew. The fact that you're disciplined and you obey in the modern days like today, your rules and you live by principle, you live by higher powers, you're driven by something bigger is a beautiful thing. What you think or people think, may think you should be ashamed of, others around the world respect us for. But if you really mean it, you'll be respected. It's not easy every day to do what we do. I say it myself. It's every day a struggle, but it's accomplishing. And deep down, it's teaching us so much how to be a better person, how to be a better life. Being able to surrender to the higher powers, not carrying such a big worry. There's somebody worrying for us. There's the, there's the big, boss doing, big boss doing it all. So why worry? So it's, it's, it's exhilarating having that feeling. I mean, I wanted to ask you, about, you, have, you have such a... Uh a magnetic personality and i'm sure you're, Thank you're, you. great, you're a great salesman because people like you and you're so likable and your smile it, your smile warms people up and it's bright like just like the room that you have back there like you're like the brightest <laughs> thing in the room you know it's great lighting. thank you thank you you're making me blush <laughs> <laughs> but tell me tell me did, is this something that you you always when you were four years old everybody wanted to be around you too or is, is it like is it something that you had to uh to develop in yourself i like to be the life of the party and I always say, people say, oh, how are you always so happy and upbeat and positive? I say, when I'm not in the mood, I hide behind the curtain because it's not fair. You should see me in a bad mood because why should I ruin your day? If I'm being exposed, if I'm going to be in the spotlight, if I'm showing up somewhere, I'm in it to win it. I got to come full gear. Got to be dressed for success, looking 
with a smile, looking sharp, looking the way you want to be seen, you know? So it's important always to carry a smile. And if you're having a down of a day, a tough day, look around you, count your blessings. Sometimes I'm always wanting more, wanting more, but we forget about what we do have. So it's important to like see and count your blessing and thank for all the great stuff that you do have and ask that this challenge that I'm having or this bad day I'm having to overcome it. So it's always grateful to look what we do have and I'm able to look for the future and understand that there is something bigger coming too. And um, if you like good whiskey, it's it's like sour sometimes. You still like that drink, still like the, the end of it. So part of success is like having a sour day and then overcoming it and then appreciating where you got to. They say the mountaintop is very lonely, not because you cannot climb the mountain. Very few people are willing to climb. So, uh Okay. Keep on climbing. <laughs> Gotta climb. Climb it. I, I, I see, I say this phrase. It's my phrase from the FDR drive. Life has, whoever goes to Manhattan, New York City, you know, the FDR has bumps and cracks, ups and downs, but you can't stop moving. That's life. You want to make it to be in big government to go to the UN, or you want to make it to be in big success to go to the public, uh, to the New York Stock Exchange. You got go to go through that difficult road. You look right, your left, there's no shoulders, you, you, ups and downs, but you gotta keep on moving. You start ch- stopping at FDR, you, <laughs> no good. You gotta be consistent. Consistency is key. There are a lot of smart people out there that are second guessing your plan and they may be smarter, but the consistent people, the willpower, the people that really want to get there, they will be on top of it all and all the smart people will be working for you. I have another question is, um, actually I have two questions. One is in the specific, specific to the insurance industry, is there, actually this is really specific. To, it's not specific. It's general to any sales. There's always this tension between, you know, you want to make the biggest sale and you want to be able to bring in for your company and help your company grow. But then sometimes you're not sure if what you're selling is the best thing for that client. So, you know, how do, or maybe they're not sure. They don't know you well enough to know if what you're trying to sell them is really what they need. So then how do you balance that? And how do you make sure that what you're trying to sell, you know, I'm sure you're an ethical person because of who you are. Of course, you- <laughs> of course. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, besides of being ethical, you can only sell something really if it's beneficial and if you truly believe in it as well. Otherwise, it's not a real sell. And the statistics shows that the account will not stay even if you tried selling them. It's not there for the long term. So here, we're here for the long run. We had so many times where we advised clients and honesty was not in our favor, but they appreciated it and it was eye-opening to them. But I have a, a, a big sales team that I coach and um, I'm involved in bringing in particularly trainers for them. And one of the Biggest parts where we're trying to um, train our clients, our, 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 our salespeople, how they interact with clients, is always vet the clients and the prospects you're going after. Vet, who is worth my time? Whom should I invest time in? And what can we do for that? The guy can be X, Y, and Z. If there's nothing we can do, don't even enter him as a new lead. Focus only if you can add value. So our biggest word around the office is, is adding value. We're a value add-on agency. If there is no value to be added, don't even touch it. Don't even approach it. So every prospect 
going in just in the lane of vetting. We're in a business where we can choose who we want to invest our time with. We want, and I want my team to invest time with like-minded individuals that we can add value. Who that person of our team is, we have a variety of different individuals that are experts in particular things and we'll find it. But that expert that needs to see the value that it will bring for their bottom line and if it's not existing, it's not seen over there, they don't even exist in our files. We're not here to put people in cages. We're here to put people into solutions to real problems <laughs> or, 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 or problems they don't know yet to put them into places to eliminate exposure and do proper risk management so they can focus what they do best while we'll do what we do best. I always say the biggest risk takers are the ones that calculate the risk the most. Uh-huh. Right. Very good. So the short answer is that if you would try to sell something to a client that they don't need, then they're not going to remain your clients for very long because they'll still Exactly. Exactly. And I'm here for the long build. run. Right. Sometimes certain build. accounts, we don't make, I break even or, or lose money in the first few years. My resources, my staff, opening up the lights in our offices across our marketing. There's so much money going in and running a business, but I am calculating cost sometimes and saying I'm ready to take it on because in year number three, we'll make money on it building a capital, doing advisory for large, large groups. It's a lot of things getting through the door. And um, sometimes people line up to our door to come in because we have a product that's so good and they want to come. But even even then, it takes some time till we sometimes are profitable on a client and I'm ready because I'm looking at the long run. I want to be fair and I want to be really, really honest and... Uh, Bring the best, best truth value. And I always say, honesty and the truth sometimes will hurt for some clients, but that's our job to analyze and bring the real exposures that they have in front of them and not fool themselves. Bring them real solutions to that potential problem and uh, not to be in a problem. And if there is a problem, we have claims management, we have everything, but their idea is to bring value. That's the, the core focus. Okay. Jaime, there's so much more to share. I'm sure you have a lot to say. But it's great. It's, we have to end here. It's great speaking with you. It's, it's always it's a pleasure to see your smile. I love watching the Likewise. videos that you post on social media because uh, just seeing that smile and the positivity, it's, uh, it oozes. It shines. <laughs> Likewise. Likewise, Rabbi. Listen, people like yourself, give me the courage to carry on. Everybody loves a compliment, but I'm big man enough to admit it. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Appreciate your time. This is just the beginning to a long, great relationship. And I hope I was able to inspire and bring some value to your listeners. For sure. Truly hope so. And like I always say, we at Skyscraper Insurance Services share your vision for a better tomorrow. Thank okay. you and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Chai. Great salesman. Bye-bye. Thank you. You've just listened to another great episode of Our Tribe, the podcast. Brought to you by the Podcast Fellowship and hosted by Rabbi Tovia Kopstein. Tune in each week every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time to hear more great episodes of Our Tribe the Podcast. If you have any suggestions or questions, email us at our tribe at podcastfellowship.org. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to help the tribe thrive.